And we are on live being community radio. I am Oria, I am your host and your pirate on the remembership where we are navigating consciousness into a fuller version, more whole version of ourselves, where we know that this is our home, where we know we are creating a reality, where we remember that we are always getting what we want and what we don't want, as long as it is an energy in our body, as long as it is a frequency that's being generated, fear or fantasy, good or bad, it's all, all happening, all being expressed. And that's what this podcast is all about. I'm excited. In a few hours, it's my birthday. And for some reason, it feels like a very, very meaningful transition. Not specifically the birthday. The birthday is just the day. But there is a there's magic to numbers. There's magic to phases. There's a lot to be said on rites of passage and timing and our own initiation into godhood should i say godliness divinity the place where you are a master where you are conscious where you recognize the gift of life and you create your own i'm gonna turn 36 which is the number nine Mm. they've always told me i was a nine whatever nine is but nine does feel good to me so nine nine pairs with every other number Beautifully, okay. Um, if you if you add nine to any number or any other series of numbers, you end up with nine. <clears throat> so no, nine. you end up with that number, which the is nine, n- which the is nine disappears. Th- that's correct. Thank you. Yeah. You passed. Um, <laughs> I've, um, ha- I've had numerologists on my show. I have to know um, this stuff. I'm born on the it's ninth. My birthday. <laughs> Back to me. That's it. That's yeah. it. It's. Uh, I mean, it makes sense for you, obviously, with n- what your job nine is. Nine is a number of completion. Okay, now we're talking. Yeah, nine is a number. It's 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 the one and the zero. The zero is heaven, and the one connects it to earth. So it's when we are connecting really our our heavenly um, our heavenly purpose to our earthly existence. Wouldn't that be? Is it, how is that nine? Well, you don't like him today. No. Oh, the str- the visual of it. The, the visual of it, right? I'm right, glad right. you explained it because the visual before was a little <laughs> sexual. Yeah, <laughs> dirty. Or he just winked at me. He goes, I, "It was I, little I, wink." I can't. I can't. Good do thing it. we're not video streaming tonight. Oh, we, it's better than at least if they ever listen back, they know exactly what we did. Right. But anyway, <laughs> so it's number nine, and I was, I just, I went and I broke down the other nine transitions. I mean, not nine transitions, but nine-year transitions in my life. Mm. And I found them to all be very pff, huge transitions, one to nine. I mean, I, I basically one to nine, nine to 18, 18 to 27, 27 to 36. And I, I have some wisdom, some, some patterns now, and I can see how literally that, that transition on the number nine has always been... Uh, how do I say it? Like a completely new life, a completely new awareness, a completely new understanding, a completely new phase. And if I do one through nine, you see, I, I just go to the nines, for example. When I was nine, my mother had a just a pretty terrible car accident where she was in the hospital for years and her life has changed. I had four younger brothers. One was just born. And my mom, my stepdad already had their own issues and health problems but this specific accident I remember I remember sitting on the stairs and crying and just knowing that my childhood is gone wow mm-hmm. wow yeah I, I remember it I didn't know what was going to happen but I knew that it is going to be my responsibility now to take care of everyone my brothers my stepdad cooking, cleaning, whatever, everything. Not to mention just being extremely worried about my mother and my stepfather who was not very, he was uh, battling heroin addictions for years. So this uh, his feeling, the sense of life is about to change drastically was uh, 
very present. And it'd be interesting for me to go back and look at some of the things I learned during those nine years. But uh, just to go to the next nine, at 18, that was a whole other life. At 18, I, I, I came to America at the age of 14. And different country, different language. I never studied anything secular. I was a religious religious. Talmudic scholar and my whole thing was just becoming a rabbi right? not just a rabbi I was primed or in my imagination at least there was this concept of uh, the rabbi of this generation now you were really good at it though it wasn't I, just in your imagination Even well when you came here I'm talking about rec- the, the end the end like I had this like vision yeah or at least what I was told. Beyond, beyond being good in school, you could feel something. Uh, it, it was, it, and it was, it was literally also the term was the 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 the, the rabbi of this generation specifically. That's and the term. That's the term. Yeah. And what is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, that's humble. That's cool. That's uh, no, not sweet. Look at him. He's like yeah. blush. He's blushing yeah, on the yeah, radio. Yeah, he's blushing. Look at that. Got him sweet. the blush. It's for very his sweet. Birthday. Very it's good. sweet. That's a new version of humble. It's good, 36 to the next phase. Maybe that's the humble mm-hmm. phase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, it's good. So I'm skipping to 18 because we're doing nine years. At 18, I was just just started, like decided. It was already like one month into fruition of where I'm starting a internet company that um, we were going to take public. Like that was the goal, that was the agreement, that was the project. And this is something that I actually did over the next couple of years is managed to launch a technology company and a national brand, dozens of employees and millions of dollars in revenues. It's just it, it just kicks me off of a whole onto a whole other It really was this phase where I was trying to be I was just trying to be independent. Uh, the first 15 years of my life, I was praying to God and playing with that game. And in the next 15 years of my life, I was really worshipping success and money and trying to go the American route into freedom. Mm. So really, 18 to 27, I, I I tried. I tried the different things, different businesses. I think I had like six or so, seven different businesses. Some of them actually became something. Some of them never left the boardroom. How did your spiritual awareness play with you and you with it during those during that period of time, eighteen to twenty-seven? You know what? De- nothing. Cold. Really. Dead. Like I had. No kidding, dude. I. I the closest thing that I had to spirituality was when I was in, when I saw a hypnotist at work one time. I saw him do things that my mind couldn't grasp, and there was uh, that's what brought me back. That's what I, how I started to go. Hmm, there is something else going on. But that was it. Like I studied hypnosis, of course, and you know, got my certifications. And uh, right. but it didn't. I it didn't really consciously hit my spiritual bone. It was just the thread that kept me going. So you're 18. Yeah. The internet thing. You have this. Askoria website that that doesn't take off like you like an eighteen year old would hope. Uh, yeah, I had something. How'd you know? What was it, what was it called? It was called SilentAdvice.com. This, this is one of my favorite things. <laughs> the guy, the kid, is eighteen years old. He's only known the language. I don't know, three years, three and a half years. He understands the internet enough in whatever year that was, ninety five, four maybe. No, that was like ninety six, ninety seven. Still, yeah. I mean, I, shoot, that was early and. He decides, you know what? I I gotta follow. There's something here, and he sets up a website. I used to go. I used to go troll the chat rooms just with this handle called Silent Advice, looking for the sufferers. No, just looking no, to teasing. give to, to, to be to be helpful, to be of service. I liked I liked being helpful. Silentadvice.com. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen year old bilingual. Bilingual rabbi, <laughs> three years of English rabbi and of the generation. And what when people <laughs> would was peop- one time, one time, and people would ask. Uh, hopefully, there were a few people right. They would ask questions. Uh, the chat rooms was definitely 
uh, you know, I, I, can you get in touch with how that felt back then? I mean, eighteen is such a such an age. The amount of energy we have yeah. pour, p- pumping through us, you must hold have been on, fired up. Ha, the feeling of sitting in front of the chat rooms. I do remember it. when I you remember had an answer. Very well, when you had a question the, answer. No, the answer. I always had answers. It's mm-hmm. the <laughs> no. When you, ha- I'm saying, when you had a client. Well, whatever. Go ahead. No, it was it was just connecting with someone, having someone open up. Mm-hmm. That was it for me. The the answer is okay. Good. No, stay there. So had, yeah. you, you you had an experience with that. I would connect to people. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. real connections. Yeah. I mean, that was my that was my that was my first way to connect. Honestly, I didn't connect before. I had no real human uh, connections, like deep connections with anyone, but literally anyone. Not my parents. Nothing. That was it. That was people with. I couldn't. I could tell the truth. They could tell the truth. It was safe. Man, I was, and I was good too. Mm-hmm. I remember my dating life would really come down to online dating, not because, because I, you know, there was, I was good at it. I used to, you know, people used to always ask me for advice and be like, how do you now manage to go on all these dates or do whatever? I'm like, I read the profile, first of all. Yeah, you jackasses. <laughs> I read take, the profile. Take some interest in the person, number one. <laughs> and uh, at least, to, at least to write a good response. Yeah, having but a conversation. Yeah. It helps. So that was You're pretty. Yeah, it doesn't work, dude. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I used to sit in a room with all my business partners back to the technology company, and I would coach them because... For a while, it was like a copy and paste campaign. You know, all the, you know, we would sit there. People would sit there and just write the same canned response to all the profiles. I think now it's not. I haven't been on the online dating for quite some time, but I remember even in the early two thousands, it it became so much spam and so much like unsolicited crappy things there. But it was cool. I remember, and I remember it was always about uh, the the dating itself. I couldn't do. But I could get all the way up to the date, mm-hmm. first date, and then real life intimacy was not really in my cards. Mm-hmm. Heck, actually, I'd like that to be the next phase. I'd like it doesn't matter, but I'll make it. In, I'll make it. I'll make a conscious effort to mm-hmm. realize that that is something that I'm actually doing. I'm mm-hmm. actually a lot more honest, and that's I'm still I think at five to fifteen percent of my honesty situation. So, so that was eighteen. What was twenty seven? Well, we were talking about the, uh, you're talking about an internet company and, and chasing American, you said you wanted freedom. That's which right. I, from that I take, you wanted to make money, you were, you felt responsible for yourself and others without intimate relationships from age nine. Now you're 18, you're in America, you're figuring things out, and money success would mean independence, right? Wasn't that the word you said? Before? Money success would mean, now I understood, I understand it more as not not having to have any responsibilities, not uh, just not. I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. It seemed right. awful to me. Right. I didn't really understand. It would seem horrible to right. me even because I got right. to this country and the only thing I knew is what I saw on TV and the Beverly Hills 90210 or Saved by the Bell. The very few shows that my grandmother would record for me and secretly I would watch it because I wasn't allowed to watch TV. So I thought that that was America. When I got here and I saw just, it's, I mean, I, I can always, I can only say it this way. When I, I, English was just a new language of mine and I still, I was honors in class, not because I was that good. I'm telling you the truth. People wouldn't read next to me. People wouldn't read. Like, if granted, you know, I was, I went from a private, little small private schools to a public school with 3,000 kids, but there was a clear understanding in me that the, 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 even in America, wherever I thought I was going to find, you know, Beverly Hills, 90210, everywhere, there was just a mass hypnosis in, in a way that I found very similarly in the religious organizations and mm. communities because that's how I felt about them in a way. In the moon of the budding trees I was gifted new eyes to see All of the shift and shape and ways you can be Wake the dreams into realities Wake the dreams into realities Sunset diamonds trickle down our cheeks 
The language of no words is how we speak. Honors class. Guy next to you can't read. <laughs> well, I did learn. My, my parents had this famous story that my parents tell me that I learned how to read on my own at two and a half or three. They just one day I was on her lap while she was reading the newspaper and she said she was shocked because I was reading it. So maybe I have something to do with reading. Now, I know what I have. It's I make connections real fast. So it's not something that I have. It's a, an awareness that I have about myself, which is definitely not. I don't I really don't think it's special in any way. It's we all have our curve and. You know, I'm paying a price in something else. You know, <laughs> yeah. But but I also think because English was in your sec was your second language, you try you you had to have been trying harder. Because I know no, with no. Sam, the truth is, when he was in Atlanta, no. the rabbi teacher in the was Jewish Atlanta. school wouldn't w- was, was before Atlanta. Wouldn't, wouldn't give him credit somewhere. Wouldn't let you learn English. No, my first year, I went to yeshiva. <laughs> right? There was nothing no, no, else no, for no, me I to know. do. I know. You, you, you say I would work harder, harder than what? Than 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 the person sitting next to you, because for you, it's it's okay. I have to understand English. I need to know it a little bit better. The person next to you where English is their first language, eh, so what? No big deal. I can take it easy. Not, not a big deal. I know, but I, I, was, I, was four, I was 14, 15, and they wouldn't read. They hadn't read since first grade. They never read. Right. I'm talking about just reading. High school kids in the, in the system reading. here in New York. Right. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah and, and, and the system here in New York. It's the masses, okay? Let's just... It's, it's a massive amount of education. I mean, I know that there's a lot of educated people, but we're talking about, you know, the common consciousness of our country uh well just i wanted to relate to it that hong when she went to social work school when she came here from china she had people this is a master's program for social work could not form a sentence properly and she like did better than most of her classmates again english as a second language did not know that much the people sitting next to her english speakers their whole lives uh, I was I was trying to make myself feel special. You took me off. <laughs> uh, no, but you are special because you make the effort. That's uh, what I'm trying to see, say. See, I knew how to do it. That's yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I do make the effort, and yet, not really. So, where were we? We were at between eighteen and twenty-seven. That you're you're still t- still connected to this rabbi dream. You were you well, were what, eighteen to twenty seven. Well, at eighteen, you were well. Twenty. You I, lose. Sorry, you lose. You, you, you go cold. Hip, hypnosis brings you back. No, 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 no. I go cold. I go spiritually cold. Yep. I go spiritually cold. I, I mean, I basically was forced into spirituality. So while I had my own practices that I believed in, the moment I left it, when I got into this country and I was able to integrate into secular education, I. What is it? They throw the bath, the water, the baby, that whole thing. Baptism? No, no don't throw the baby out with the bath yeah. water. Especially when you're at a baptism. <laughs> okay, sure. So I did that. I just threw away everything because I didn't really, I actually didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't know what mysticism is. I didn't really know what spirituality is. It wasn't a thing for me. It was religious or not. And then I was busy in, in a non nothing was spiritual around me, that's for sure. Hypnosis kept me in the loop as far as I believed that in the power of everything I don't understand. There was something there for me. And I was reading self-help books because my first employee, Mr. David, I shouldn't say his last name, who knows, but he was so sweet. And of course I did the same thing then I did now. I mean, I used to sit with him and train him to stop working for me and to start his own firm. I mean, I, I would spend, I'd spent, I would meet him Saturdays for like private sessions. We would go to Columbia University and sit there at the hall where people do homework and he would bring his books and I would help him study and I would motivate him. Mm. Uh, very sweet. Cool. I did that to a lot. Of, uh, I did, basically, anyone that's worked for me went uh, to do something better unless they wanted to start something with me. <laughs> which, <laughs> which sounds familiar, right? I still do the same thing. <laughs> God. Uh, okay. <laughs> I got an eye on it. <laughs> uh, so, I don't. 
I don't remember what I was talking about. You were transitioning. 18. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you were transitioning. Oh, mm-hmm. so he gave me a book. He gave me Awaken the Giant with him, and he said to me that he's gifting me this Tony Robbins book because I remind him of him. Okay, so I take the book, and I open up the introduction or whatever, and in the first couple of pages, it says NLP, that he, Tony Robbins, was studying NLP. Yeah. So I closed the book and I ordered every NLP book and I went to take a couple of courses. <laughs> Neuro-linguistic <laughs> programming, yeah, so which, is, which is what? Real, well, qu- real quickly? Uh, real quickly, it's the study of language and how to influence uh, patterns and reality making via language. Thank you. Uh, so so that, then that hit you. You said, whoa. I said, yeah, because I was just learning English. Right. So Let's I skip l- ahead here. So I learned English. <laughs> 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 so let's just learn English. Let's learn how to program English. Well, no, <laughs> let's I use it to my advantage. I yeah. really did. No, I wanted to know. I said, I'm already learning English. I may as well learn yeah. how it works how best. Does it work? That's damn right. But I didn't tell you while I was on the online dating sites. I also got into like persuasive language and uh, pickup artist society. And again, I wasn't about. I couldn't do it when I was meeting the person, but. I practiced a lot. I mean, and I would, I would see crazy. I would see crazy results. I was this shy. I, I thought I was ugly my whole life. I, I didn't have confidence. Let me tell you. But <laughs> I, 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 it was my, it was the words. It was the sentences. It was I, I would, I put a lot of time and effort into understanding language and understanding the correlation between belief systems and imagination, and it was. It was it was rewarding intellectually and I don't know emotionally probably got me into lots of, lots of unbalanced relationships mm. but definitely not yeah. learning along the way nonetheless yeah so that so that was still connected to my rabbi mode because yeah. the even within the business I guess I always I always even if I wanted to I always wanted to make money so I can sit down and write hmm. by the way. Oh wow! Never heard it framed that way before. Yeah, I got new ammo. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> Say it again. No, that was it's always gonna resonate. That was people. always my plan. My plan was to make money and have the time to write about yeah. how I made money <laughs> and, or, or, or whatever it felt like. Yeah, whatever. Felt, yeah, and that's man, huge. That's huge. That's huge. So many of us feel a similar way to that, right? I've been thinking about that recently. The trick clearly is, is particularly to, to shovel coal into the fire of faith that all you are being taken care of, you are being supported by life. There is enough abundance, there is enough money to to flip that on its head and prioritize the blank time, whatever it is for you, writing, well, etc. Flip it easily, on its head. Easily said, the, easily said that no, 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 I agree with you. But the flip side is realizing that I always wanted to write and I thought I wasn't good enough and I needed to do something else and then write. The realization uh, from 36 and on is yeah. really that the writing comes first because that's what my soul is here to do is to write and share and express. As a as a child, I would say to my mom that I dream of being an author, which the words itself show me that in our understanding before computers, before technology, of spreading information was only through writing books. And even my using the word as author, it was more about the dissemination of information and not the actual writing. And I think a lot of people are blackmailed into the physical act of writing because for thousands of years, we didn't see the idea how we can spread ideas in any other way. So writing, everybody wants to write, everybody wants to write. But I suggest that there's an entire other reality now available, like podcasting, recording, uh, anything, man. These people working for ghostwriting is actually affordable now. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so much, so many ways to be an author. Mm. And, and that's where I'm starting my, I mean, I'm skipping. I don't want to skip. I'll come back to 36. I'm going to go to okay. 27. It's okay Com- to communicate and disseminate <laughs> information. Yeah, yeah. Which brings, yeah, 
No, go ahead. What? Well, it, it 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 brings something else up, which is uh, I don't think this is true of you, but there's definitely a, a, f- a feeling of wanting to be an author, wanting to be a writer, and the way that someone will feel about themselves if yeah, they're a legitimate that's the, writer. That's the main reason why I didn't write, because I actually didn't want to be one of those guys. So that was another thing I had to get flipped in my own consciousness to go, one of what guys? Mm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But we can get to that in the next segment. Let's. I mean, pfft. it was uh, 2018 to 27. So I sold the internet company, had a little bit of money. I had whatever I thought I would have, which was not a lot, just enough, usually. That's been, that's still the case in many ways, quite frankly, or it has been the majority of the case. Things have been changing, but we'll get to that. Uh, sold the company, went into real estate, and just found myself really, really sick, like physically. Anything I wanted, my fears, my fantasies, they would happen. So that was very, very, very confusing. Mm-hmm. Never worked for anyone. Uh, I always started new businesses. Uh, people believed me. And at the same time, it was just like, oh, chaotic. I was, I was, I was, I had another 50 pounds. I was sick. I had diagnosed with sleep apnea. I had to sleep with a mask every night. I had to take all these pills to stay up, to go to sleep, to I was so depressed. I was beyond depressed. I had I was taking painkillers and doing all kinds of stuff, f- knowing that I grew up in a household of you know people with substance abuse. So for me to destroy myself, to really sit there and know what I'm doing, because I've seen people, I've seen my own stepfather die from it. I've seen my mother get destroyed. I've seen, and I'm and I saw myself doing things consciously. Even though I know that anything I want could come true, but I didn't know what I want anymore. I didn't trust myself. I was so, so lost. And that really concludes 18 to 27. And we don't know where to begin. Don't know how to fit in. Caught in between the lines. Fighting this world from inside. Can't go back. We're on a So you got to 27, depressed, overweight, knowing things were not going in the right direction, didn't have the wherewithal relationship to yourself or trust to change things in a more proactive way, while also aware of the fact that your imagination was bringing to you things good and bad as they were coming. But you made it to 27. You were in bad shape. But that uh, there must be something to that cycle. I think that's that 27 to 29 is that Saturn returns, right, Sam? And we lost. We lose so many artists. We lose so many sensitive, sensitive strivers, people who go deep and take risks. Of course, we hear about the artists, but it, it, it's, it's true across all industries that's right. the magic that's that magic age of uh, Morrison and Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Heath Ledger and Kurt Cobain um, we, you made it alright so here we are well 27-29 yeah yeah because uh, I give you the nines the the, the 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 juice is not the transition the juice is the in between and I mean 27-29 to 29 was worse because I went out and I left everything I literally ran away from my business partners. I told them I'm going away for the weekend, and I just did it one way, and I still feel bad about it. That's how like dramatic it was. I had to leave everything behind. I didn't know what to do next. I didn't know. I didn't know how. I, there's nothing. My mother, actually, she gave me that advice, and she's like, "You got to run away." So I'm like, so, run away. So you escaped. I escaped. That's so interesting. Escape mm. one way to now all the with permission from your mom. Well, f- my mom is in Israel and I'm in no, New York. I, I say permission with quote with quotes. She was definitely I mean, what a cool mom. I, f- I felt encouraged. She could. That's right. She could something in her. I'm, I'm project. I'm, no, yeah, I talked to something her. Something in her could feel or knew how desperate you were and made it okay for you to claim this shift for yourself. Of course, there was going to be ramifications. Some of which you still feel today. Yeah, that that's what you needed. Whatever you were in. 
needed escape from and it was her idea huh how yeah. that is like a there's like a lovely yeah. there's like a lovely uh animated uh film in there i don't know if there's a fawn <laughs> and a, a you know an adult d- deer deep in the woods in this fawn and a fawn among you know more dangerous animals the fawn's gotta go <laughs> i thought it was a big cat what, what about your dad what did he think about you running away my my emotional maturity and connection to him at that time i don't think it was i think i think i was in such a numb state that i know he was supportive because i don't remember any negativity from him whatsoever but i don't remember thinking about him at all in this move oh wow that's cool I was not thinking about anything. That's cool. I I was. That's amazing. I had this one way mind, a few hundred dollars, and a car full of shit, just going across country, thinking I want to start my life again. Like now, I'm just going to be the person who I want to be. So romantic, you know. In the mm-hmm. in the movie, they won't let that actor be 50 pounds overweight, and there won't be pills in the dashboard. That's very romantic. We tell <laughs> versions, we tell versions of the story. It was that oh, romantic? It is part. Damn right, it was. It's yeah. part of our mythical self understanding into development. I was driving mm-hmm. sick, tired. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't even stay up. I'd have to. My back was killing. It was so dramatic. The drive. It was stopping for caffeine and gas and pain, for caffeine and gas and, and falling asleep all the time on the road. And I, I wouldn't want to. I would. I didn't drive for more than about four hours a day. Just imagine how long. Really? It, yeah, because I was oh, falling asleep. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, you had the apnea. I had the apnea uh, thing. Holy shnikes. <laughs> four hours a day. That'll yeah. get to you. That'll get you to LA by February. It took me like, <laughs> it took me like two weeks. It took At least me like it'll two be warm. Yeah. I had this plan that I was going to sleep in the car, so I didn't have that much money. I mean, I didn't think uh, about money. I pulled that trick, too. That, doesn't, that doesn't last no, very long. No, I could I, I tested it. I went one night. A couple I went nights. down to Battery Park. No, Battery Park City. You I parked the car. You tested it. I tested left. it. Look I was at like, you. I'm going to test it. I, put this <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. Oh, I, dude, this was a huge thing for me. I was done. I had a girlfriend at the time. I told her I'm going to Israel or something. I don't know. What's I, her I, name? Apologize. Go ahead. No, no, no. She, <laughs> I'm going to call her Sarah. I can't, I can't He's sorry, Sarah. <laughs> it's not Sarah. He loves you. Well, code Sarah. She knows. She knows. She found me in L.A. later. It was a whole thing. We love you, Sarah. Listen, <laughs> she forgives you. She I, just I, told me. Okay, good. Go on. Battery Park City. The cops didn't bust you for sleeping in your back seat. I knew what to, you know, I knew what to do. I mean, it was nice. I was mm-hmm. overlooking the water, <laughs> but I, I didn't. I, I, I didn't sleep. Luxury bum I didn't luxury do the back ship. seat. I what I did. I figured I would probably have stuff in the back seat. I mm-hmm. pulled my chair backwards. Yeah. So then the first time I wanted to pull over and sleep. I realized I can't put the seat backwards because there's stuff in the back. (laughs) So it was just, you know, the hotel, the thing. Anyway, all all of that to say that I get there, I had this dream that I'm going to work in a coffee shop somewhere and I'm just going to get healthy. Never had a job, never worked a coffee shop. Not because I was good or smart, in Mm. my opinion. Because there's nothing I knew how to do. I just owned my own businesses. <laughs> you didn't know but how to this, work for anybody. But this else. felt that's like true. a. Re- but this felt like the most beautiful relief. Oh, yes. I didn't. I, d- I, I mean, didn't want to think. That's, I remember. That, that's right. That's the life. A, a coffee shop, a coffee suntan, shop. and a, a girl coming by and a long skateboard to meet you for. Oh wait, that's later. That's later. <laughs> but we're going to tease right. that out. Yeah, good. <laughs> so I end up within a couple of weeks, living on the ocean, literally on the ocean. With this other truck driver who had sleep apnea too in the other room, so that was kind of cool and weird. Venice? No, Carlsbad. Hey now, oh, I love that area. Wow, Carlsbad, wow. yeah. Cool, never been up there. Okay. Oh man, so quiet, so beautiful. And the only books I had is personal development books in the back because I decided what books I didn't want to take with me, what I have interest in, and I opened a couple of them up, and and one of them I just read was called power of persuasion and i contacted the author and i said hey i'm here in california i want to do some work (laughs) marketing something anything this is what i want to get into i said i may as well just say i'm available how about that how about that where did you have the gumption and the balls for that in the state you were in i mean that's freaking cool i was true to my dream and i was alive this was a restart button and there was a freshness. There was, there was nothing was, else I could do. This is his creation hey, myth. I, I just wanted. I went on Craigslist. Listen, I went on okay. Craigslist. All right. I went for job interviews. 
it's horrible. I can't, I can't even talk about it. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> I, there was. I, there was gumption. I'm just pointing out gumption because the, the all that heaviness, uh, energetic heaviness, uh, tends to be the thing that would prevent someone from having oh, the yeah, fearlessness to call the author. It's awful. Book. Yeah. And then the author told me, you, know, ah, "You want to talk to my teacher?" That's what he said. Ah, go right. find my teacher. So I go and find this guy, and I see he's got a persuasion three day seminar for five grand coming up in Sedona, Arizona or oh, something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I call him up and I say, hey, David, so-and-so said to talk to you. He says, David, I don't work with David. I don't like David. I don't like that you even <laughs> mentioned his name. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't care. Hold on a second. And I get invited to the seminar. I drive with just gas money just to go there, literally, because I just got all the way to L.A. I'm in, not L.A., Carlsbad. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to drive back to Sedona. I drove to Sedona with just gas money for one way, knowing I want to come out with a job and some gas money, which is kind of contradictory thing to go do. And, you know, but, and especially. Definitely at, making up your own rules. Especially the at a persuasion <laughs> seminar, let me tell you. Yeah, that's right. You're going to come in there. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to need some petty cash my way out. <laughs> thanks, thanks, champ. So he gives me a job making $3,000 a month. <laughs> And it gives me gas money. And the job is to go over his material in a coffee shop somewhere. So I'm sitting, working in a coffee shop on my own in Carlsbad. He lives in Washington State. <laughs> and my job is to read material. And I get to this CD called The Dark Side. And it gets His really material. His, his material, material yeah. For what? Why are you reading his material? He told me, read my material so you can give me advice on how to make it more relatable Great. and come up with new products. Amazing. Amazing. Right. Wow, that's a long story. But... I one thing leads to another, and he's my next spirituality loop. That's why I guess we're talking about him, because hey, he starts to talk to me about that he does magic and he's a Baba Lao and he's got powers, and bah, I don't know, whatever. But my mom, I consult with my mom, and oh, my yeah. mom tells me to get away from this guy. So when I go back to this guy and I say, listen, my mom said, I tell him, because he just gave me a job. I'm yeah. making cash, whatever. And gave I you want, gas money. And I wanted to you know, test him out, I'm sure, too. And he said, well, your mom is right. And before you know it, he tells me, well, you said you come from Kabbalah or something like that. Well, that has everything. You should really look into that. So I tell that to my friend Stephen on the phone, my old business partner. He tells me, well, you left the Power of Kabbalah book over here. Let me read it. He, he, I end up reading the book that I bought that I left behind. And within three months, I work for the Kabbalah Center. And there begins this whole new thing. And all of that to say that I thought I was going to start a new life and be able to just, you know, be the better version of me. I find myself at 29 in the same situation. In the same, I was sick, I was drinking, I just jumped out of a moving car, and I'm a mess, I'm just an emotional wreck, I don't tell the truth to my girlfriend, to my job, to my dad, back in the same mess, but this time, I'm working for the Kabbalah Center, and I feel safe, and I really, if I judged them, I didn't care for them, I didn't like them, but when I would go there for Shabbat, which is the Saturday rituals, I could feel, I could feel spirituality. Mm. And because I was born into this wisdom, and I just ended up all the way on the other side of the world, in their same footsteps of the people who were there when I was born. So I figure... I'm going to stick around. I'm going to see why I came back here. I came back here. I brought myself here. And I got a gig. I got, I got, I mean, I was working there for six years. And believe it or not, they sent me on a, they, they sent me, I, I went to all these seminars as part of my research because my first project for the Kabbalah Center was this, was to research the state, the status or the state of the spirituality industry. Like, what's going on right now? And I went, and to make uh, suggestions and observations and what they could do in order to be more appealing. It's funny that both of those bosses saw the same potential in you. They wanted the same things. Interesting. 
the guy before Baba yeah. Bubala, Babalu, Babalo. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was always analyze about what I got, what's going on always, around, what yeah. can we make it better? That's right. That's right. So the first suggestion I gave was to start their own competition. That's what I said. I said you're losing 99 percent of the people. I, I would just invest in somebody across the street that does it better. Still, you know, at least you don't lose anyone. It's the same thing. But that idea wasn't taken seriously, so I'm working on it right now. But right. <laughs> so you basically said you guys are the Yankees. Create the Mets across town, and you got you got everybody. Yeah, like people already want it. You are not giving them exactly what they want, but instead of trying you to could. fix yourself, yeah. just open up another Slightly branch of it. Yeah. Because the truth is the truth. And they've always been saying in Kabbalah, if you really read the text, that it's not about the text. It's about the wisdom behind the text. Right. It's not about the structure. It's what the structure contains. Right. So I spent six years there uh, working for them. And that's where... I was introduced to a new type of work from a Kabbalah Center teacher who took me to a, an event that basically was a mixture of indigenous shamanism and the latest in technology for expanding and tilting consciousness, giving me the ability, giving me a newfound connection to really remembering who I am and my own heart. And that started another chapter in my life, which now, at 36, in a couple of hours, I know why, I know why I'm here. So tap me out and tap me into you. Heal my brain and my body too. Balance my chemistry, hydrate these cells Cause the body talks and meditation helps The body talks and meditation helps Is that lyric, is he starting with tap me in and tap me out? Mm-hmm. That's interesting tap me in It's like tap me uh, this most gentle uh, messaging comes with a uh, allusion to uh, wrestling, professional wrestling. It was good. <laughs> Just to uh, ask you um, about a potentially a potential spirit component, you mentioned a connection from Israel with your mom and stepdad with some Kabbalah folks, and then you ended up with some Kabbalah. What's the deal there? Okay, it's very simple, actually, because it is one of the most important things in this whole story. Good. When I was completely lost and I just let go and I surrendered, I mean, I surrendered to the utmost degree. I, I was watching The Secret back in New York and there was something about it. It wasn't about The Secret. It was about the fact that I saw it on CNN. And I was like, okay, this ideas are hitting mainstream. It was an internet video that became huge first only because, you know, it was Oprah or whatever. And... That was my sign. So when I went out there, it was it was the place where something in me through the K. I mean, I was I remember what I think I watched the secret like, and there was like cocaine around me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was at the worst place, and I remember like almost enjoying it, like indulging in like this, how effed up I am. And here I am watching this thing and going, it's my sign, but it was because I was so destroyed at the same time, right? So I go to California without knowing, and then with spirituality that, you know, Kabbalah, to go back to Kabbalah. And the only reason I went is because when I, my business partner, Stephen, told me about the book, and he sent me a copy, and I went to take an introduction class. I just Googled it like anyone else, and I went to an introduction class, and I went there. And I didn't really care for the I didn't want to sign up for the class. It seemed very self-help one-on-one. When they tried to sign me up, I said, I would like to teach here. And they were laughing at me, whoever was there. I said, no, really, I think I could teach this. And I called my mom with enthusiasm saying, hey, mom, I think I found something I want to do. This, I think I want to study. I didn't say study. I said, I want to teach Kabbalah. She said, well, maybe you should go to L.A. 
and visit the Kabbalah Center and give the main guy a kiss on the forehead. I said, why would I do that? She said, well, the truth is. <laughs> and then she told me the story where they, they, when I was born, they were involved with those people. And they lived in my house. And the, the kids that I worked for lived in my house for six months. The kids that I worked for, not kids now when I moved to LA and I worked for the Kabbalah Center. So there was something within me that just, I, I started to pay attention. I let go so much that I just started to see what is taking me where. And going back to the same, well, going back to the same water that I drank from as a kid was uber important to me. It felt right to me, even though I had no connection to it from a logical or even a spiritual place. It was trusting and paying attention to the unfolding signs, and it felt right. And even when I was there, and I could only see chaos and destruction and judgment for my for myself, I still I still stayed. I stayed. I mean, I stayed there. I would call my mom and I would complain. I say, "Oh my God, I see so much chaos." She says, she would tell me, "Behind the facade, there is truth. Look for the truth. Look for the truth." So I reconnected to my spiritual and spirituality there and it was easy because I could understand why my mom and my stepdad, why they sent me to religious schools. I understood that they wanted me to have access to some pretty profound understandings, tools, states of consciousness which we know that we are connected, which we know that we can listen and we can pray and I was always the kid who would pray to do well on a test, and I would do well on a test. It was something I, I, would, I would do. I would pray for things. I would see them manifest. So when I started to get my spirituality back in order at 20, basically 27, 28, 29, I would start, uh, th- those were the days that I would consciously manifest things. I would wake up in the morning, write my day backwards. And within a year of moving, Within one year of moving to California, I met with the same people I watched on The Secret. I met with them face to face. I met with them with the proposal to work with me, with the proposal to work with me as the Kabbalah Center. But they were interested in working with me. I was working on the next secret, a spiritual version of The Secret. Like It was just amazing that with the minute I let go, but I used my own Imagination. I used my own power. I used to sit there and really write my day backwards and then at the end of the day do a check and see how many things would work. And I mean, it. I went, at, at, I can't, I don't know what to tell you. Like I remember that at some point, it's just at some point, I was on my knees again asking for guidance because something felt, I, 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 I thought to myself that I either have to become the Kabbalah Center. Mm-hmm. Like I decided, I have, to, I have to make a choice, I thought. I have to either be at the Kabbalah Center, work for them, spread their wisdom, and fix it all, do whatever I see, just really just go long term, mm-hmm. or do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And it was right around that time that I was just asking for a lot of guidance because I saw what... I kind of saw what the world needed. I remember through all my research. Mm. I saw, I would see thousands. We would send out like 500,000 emails a month. We would get tons of feedback, tons of responses. I was in charge of all web. I invented the web department at the Kabbalah Center. It didn't exist. Uh, I came in and I created a new department. I had a staff of 18 people. It was like a whole thing. Right. And I was just keeping my eye on what's going on with people. What did they need? And I felt... Not ready, but I felt eager to go on to the next phase, and that was I was introduced to a new to a, to, to a methodology, as I said, that is a combination of ancient wisdom and modern technology. And I decided that I'm going to go and serve in that capacity. I'm going to learn the art of architecting consciousness. I'm going to combine my spirituality and technical knowledge and really see what comes next. And I really spent 27, basically, to 36 uh, in that exploration. And facing 36, this is the first time ever in my life 
that if you go to ore.com there's something there yeah. if uh, I have I'm, I'm, I'm finally out of my own closet knowing that I'm here to teach I'm here to share I'm here to help people remember I'm here to build community I'm here to see what it is that I'm here to say but the most important part is to acknowledge it and to make myself available during this process 28 to 36 uh, probably around 30 you opened up you let go mm-hmm. and you started to follow the signs but you were also working on yourself very consciously with a certain amount of discipline can you just share what you've shared with some of us about how you would go to the beach with a certain frequency and what you would do there sure the my my my, my the, the shift, the transformation in my life, the biggest transformation ever as far as consciousness and enlightenment or whatever it is, the first time I realized that I connected to my observer, the first time I settled back into my consciousness where I had a clear and profound experience of my own spirit, of my own soul, the first time that I was aware that I have thoughts, but I'm not in my thoughts, was on the beach in Playa del Rey, a place where I would go to every day, every day. Sometimes I would miss a day, but definitely every day after work. And I would hang out there for an average of about three hours. And I would go and I would sit down on a beach chair because I didn't feel supported right on the sand. And I would just sit there. And I would sit there first with music and then slowly taking off the music. I did whatever I had to do in order to sit there and observe my thoughts. And I wasn't looking for patterns, but they came. And I just, I always remember that moment where I, I stepped back, like something stepped back. And I noticed that I spend 99% of my time thinking and and explaining myself, explaining myself to myself, explaining myself to my bosses, to my girlfriends, to my friends. to, And it was just so clear that not only I spend my time explaining myself, mainly because I do not want to be here. I'm always thinking of a better time. I'm always thinking about a better version of myself. I'm always imagining. And that's the biggest breakthrough that I've ever had. It was the recognition that I am disconnected from myself. I think I should be a better person. I feel like that I'm not good enough to just express my truths. I'm always one step ahead explaining myself, telling stories. And it took me another four or five. I mean, this is the closest I've ever been to telling the most truth as I ever had. And again, it's still a smaller percentage than what I would imagine it to be because telling your own truth is basically your genius. We all have a genius. We all have a genius in us, but you must tell your truth. That truth, the way you see things, is the genius. So 27 to 36, I finally succumbed to the dream. And I kept showing up in trainings and kept showing up in classes and kept showing up in what I wanted to learn, which is what I'm doing right now. I'm a reminder. And I'm looking forward to the next nine years of my life. Looking forward to the next nine years of my life where I finally am the rabbi I've always, always, and was always meant to be.